Hello, I'm Gotham Paul from NZ Blockchain Forums. Welcome to our second episode of Blockchain Bytes. Today, I'm speaking with Ross Carter-Brown, CEO of BitPrime, a New Zealand-based full-service cryptocurrency retail trading platform that Ross launched in March 2017 with Monique Wright. Welcome, Ross, to Blockchain Forums. Before we Hi, start, happy to be here. please introduce yourself. Tell us about your, your background and, and, and yourself uh, personally. Fantastic. Thank you for the uh, introduction. Um, I've got a, uh, a very past, um, quite an unconventional route into the, uh, the financial services industry. Uh, educationally, I uh, studied ecology and biology originally. Um, my specialities were uh, particularly around plants and, and soil, soil chemistry. Uh, I actually left uh, university two thirds of the way through a master's of applied science. Um, my intention was to complete that and then uh, move on to a PhD and, and stay in um, academia. Um, then I saw, uh, I saw the opportunity that in the market uh, with cryptocurrencies, I could sort of see that things were starting to move towards the mainstream. Um, and I decided to jump on that opportunity. Um, prior to that, uh, Bitcoin or, or cryptocurrency uh, trading was a hobby of mine. Um, it wasn't something that um, I, I did hugely seriously. Uh, it was only when I realized the opportunity towards the end of 2016 um, as the cryptocurrency market was gaining traction that I thought that right. now, now was the time to, to enter the market um, and try and solve some of the problems um, of, of accessing cryptocurrency markets in New Zealand. Uh, and it turned out to be perfectly timed. I think if um, we launched BitPrime six months sooner or six months later, we uh, would have had a lot more trouble, um, either the market not being mature enough or uh, too much uh, competition and difficulty with accessing things like banking services, for example. So it mm. was um, very well timed, I think. Oh, thank you for that. So that's how it all started in terms of the lead up to BitPrime. And where is it now in terms of sort of how many staff does the company have? Are you based in quite a few countries? Uh, yes, we currently have uh, 28 full-time staff um, spread across uh, New Zealand, Australia, Brazil, and the Philippines. All right. Uh, about half of our team are New Zealand-based, um, and uh, the rest um, spread over those other countries. Uh, so we use um, uh, we, we use a lot of international staff to help with time zone uh, issues and things like that because we are a 24-7, 36, uh, 365 operation. We, don't, mm -hmm. we never close. Um, Yes, uh, but we are a predominantly cloud-based um, organization. We only have one small physical office with three staff. Um, other than that, uh, all of our staff work almost exclusively remotely, um, and that turned out to be a fantastic strategy uh, when COVID arrived. Well, this is the 21st century way of working, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So in terms of the cryptocurrency market, in terms of trading, what is the size here in New Zealand? I mean, if you look at in retail and institutional investors, do you have any ideas of what, how big the market is? Uh, yes, we have a partial picture. Uh, we would estimate the local markets. Uh, this is probably going back three months now. It could be larger. 
um, over in excess of three hundred million New Zealand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. uh, that that estimate would include um, New Zealand New Zealand uh, domiciled operators. Um, so the true volume is probably much larger if we were able to include figures uh, from an, uh, overseas based exchanges where New Zealanders might be. Uh, wiring money to um, operators overseas. So uh, at least as much, at least 300 uh, million NZD a year, probably much larger if we had um, the full picture. Oh. And in terms of growth, any idea what percentages you'd be expecting or are expected? Uh, that's difficult to give um, specific metrics on because the market is so volatile. Not so much in terms of uh, not always just the price, but also with trading volumes. Uh, but I can tell you that we uh, signed up more new customers in January 2021 uh, than we did for the entire uh, year of 2020. <laughs> so there's been um, significant growth. Uh, we've probably tripled our customer base um, so far this year. Um, to give you an idea of the growth. Um, as I said, it's variable. We do get quiet years as well. Um, but 2021 um, is definitely surging um, mm. in terms of uh, growing cryptocurrency uh, interest and just interest in blockchain technology in general. That is remarkable growth. In terms of the demographic, where where are these investors coming from? Who, who exactly are they and, and why? We, we serve predominantly uh, a New Zealand market. So most of our customers would either be living in New Zealand or say have uh, business interests in New Zealand, for example. Uh, New Zealand would make 90%, at least 90% um, by trading volume uh, of, of our business. Uh, in terms of demographics, it's quite varied. Um, it, it's still quite male dominated. We're probably seeing in the region of 75 to 80% of our customers uh, would, would be male, but that's starting to change. Uh, with age groups, it's very evenly distributed. Uh, I, I would say it's a normal distribution if you think of a, a bell curve. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, customers right from age of 16 um, I think our oldest customer is 92 <laughs> uh, we have the um, uh, interesting um, a former share trader a very interesting guy to talk to anyway um, uh, so with the, with the bell curve we probably have the bulk would kind of be the 25 to uh, 65 so it's still a really big bracket um, but what we tend to see is uh, we do have a lot of younger people getting involved in cryptocurrency but because mm -hmm. they may not have entered the workforce yet or still studying and things like that they may not have um, the disposable income to invest or, or trade cryptocurrencies uh, as much as somebody who's much you know further down the, the career path so um, our key market would actually be uh, as a business, the 45 to 65 um, age group. Um, that's uh, both in terms of uh, seeing bigger trade trade volumes in that mm -hmm. demographic, but also simply the way that our business is set up um, and the niche that we uh, occupy, uh, we're best suited to serve um, uh, that segment, um, especially with some of our specialised um, uh, OTC trading offering as well as um, the account managers and things that we have for mm -hmm. more of the, um, I guess you could say professional or semi-professional investors. But generally speaking, we uh, we have a cross-section of 
the whole of New Zealand. Everything from um, uh, people that work at supermarkets to police officers, accountants, mm. um, lawyers, uh, across the across the entire spread of society. And why Bitprime? I mean, how do you position yourself to capture this this increasingly aspirational and um, affordable sort of client base? Uh, we uh, we're a boutique um, cryptocurrency retailer. Uh, we have two segments, um, Bitprime Retail, which uh, provides um, uh, trading for you know the, the general population. And then we have a very specialised OTC trading desk, which caters for institutions uh, and professional investors. Uh, generally, the, the split is um, under 50,000 uh, in terms of trade or deposit size as our retail segment, mm-hmm. which would cover 80%. 75, 80% of our customer base, um, and then 50,000 upwards um, would be Bitprime OTC. Uh, what we provide is a higher level of um, customer service and customer support, particularly technical support. What we've found in the cryptocurrency market, uh, generally speaking, um, they are predominantly automated exchanges, um, and in terms of customer support is normally delivered via a ticket system. Um, so if somebody has a, a request or an issue, they'll send an email or uh, which turns into a, a ticket and they might receive a response in 24 hours and then you have to send another response and it's quite tedious. Um, whereas we offer 24 seven, 365 live chat. Um, our response time is uh, usually under a minute. Um, we also offer uh, key, key account managers as well. Um, for some of our, um, our bigger traders. Um, so we really do offer um, a higher um, higher level of service, uh, more personalized and more specialized. Um, and obviously being uh, based in New Zealand um, and being banked in New Zealand, um, we do have, we offer high levels of security and, and trust, generally speaking, because um, you're dealing with the New Zealand banking system. That's great. And that leads me on perfectly into the next question is, what are the tax implications when it comes to sort of trading and dealing with cryptos? That's an excellent question. It's a question I get a lot, especially around certain times of year. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not an accountant. I'm not, not qualified to give specific tax advice. But generally speaking, uh, cryptocurrencies are taxable. Uh, in New Zealand, um, there has been a misconception in the past because there wasn't a full suite of regulation in place initially that perhaps uh, you didn't have to, to pay tax. Um, but you, you certainly do have to declare um, cryptocurrency holdings in New Zealand um, and you're taxed based on realised gains. And you can also claim losses, uh, you can also claim tax back on realised losses. Um, obviously, most people oh. generally. I like to sell at a loss, um, but uh, one one example would be is if you had a bunch of dough in the cryptocurrency market, but then you uh, decided to buy a house and you needed some money for the deposit, it might make sense in that case to sell your portfolio at a loss because you needed the money right now, um, but you could actually claim that loss back as, back as part of your uh, annual um, income tax return. Um, right. Once again, that's... Um, it's uh, generally speaking, it's a little bit more nuanced than that, um, mm. but that's that's generally how it works. Realized gains and realized losses. It's an incredibly volatile market, or certainly has been <laughs> the last couple of years. What are, you, what are your concerns with regard? Are you think it's going to level out and become a bit more steady? Um, 
we do really have seen a decrease in volatility this year. I mean, on a day-to-day basis, we're still seeing high volatility, but for a long period of time, um, uh, you, we were trading sort of between, um, you know, the, the sort of 50 to 60,000 USD mark uh, trading sideways for, for quite some time. Um, I think, um, as, as you've probably seen in a lot of recent media commentary that, uh, and obviously with a new all-time high reached of 69,000 US dollars, bringing it close to 100,000 New Zealand dollars, um, there has been uh, a lot more uh, money pouring into the cryptocurrency market. Um, a lot of that appears to be uh, on the back of increasing inflation, um, mm. uh, particularly globally, but obviously we have... Um, some quite high inflation uh, locally as well. But the price is determined by the international market, not by the New Zealand market. Um, internationally, uh, inflation is on the rise as well. So that seems to be um, quite a significant driver at the moment. Yeah. There are other drivers as well, um, which is uh, there's always regulatory risk um, with any investment. And with the cryptocurrency market where there is an incomplete regulatory framework if we speak uh, speaking internationally hmm. uh there's always a risk that uh higher risk that the government or a particular government might change the rules on you um and that that <laughs> risk definitely factors in uh into trading volumes and in the prices in general um but we're starting to see a lot more uh certainty on the regulatory side um there's obviously the um, inquiry in new zealand at the moment from the finance and expenditure committee hmm. uh we're also seeing similar um, uh, legislation being looked at uh, or a similar inquiry uh, in the United States. And um, uh, that's replicated across a number of Western countries. Um, so all of those, the general tone of those inquiries is to to regulate and tax as a general approach, uh, which Thank gives those governments mm. uh, greater control um, of um, of those markets, um, but also provides greater certainty and protections for investors as well. And you you mentioned uh, about Bitcoin touching one hundred thousand uh, New Zealand dollars recently. Where do you think it's going to end up? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, in twenty seventeen, I made a prediction about um, about Bitcoin price, and I thought by the end of twenty seventeen. Um, I thought Bitcoin might hit 5,000 uh, USD. <laughs> and of course, that at 20,000 um, <laughs> USD. So uh, since then, I, I generally steer away from giving specific price predictions. But if we looked at the, the macroeconomics at the moment, um, there's a huge amount of cheap credit, cheap money flooding the system still, even though stimulus is being reduced. And there's very few places um, to put that money to earn a return. Uh, we're already seeing, ex, you know, you could argue excessive valuations in, in the equity markets and uh, residential and commercial property across the globe. Hmm. Um, so there's very few value propositions for investors and uh, very few places to get um, reasonable returns. So I don't see the current uptrend uh, ending in, in the near term. Um, I think we will see this continue until the Christmas New Year period where a lot of um, traders take a break. Um, I, if I was a betting man, um, I would say that, um, yeah, I'd say that, uh, 
you know, 100,000 USD wouldn't be out of the question, um, particularly given the new uh, institutional investment um, and managed funds that are entering the market. Uh, that is a punt um, because I don't have a crystal ball, but uh, <laughs> based on the factors today, that's probably a realistic um, a realistic figure, I think, for the end mm-hmm. of the year. Um, but we'll see. And for the sake of our audience as well, I mean, in terms of the use of hard versus soft wallets, can you just go into a bit more detail in terms of how they work? Absolutely. Um, so wallets um, are essentially used to store your private keys um, for your cryptocurrency. And the, the private keys is what gives you control of, of your cryptocurrency. Uh, essentially, blockchains are basically a big digital ledger that's distributed over millions of computers. Uh, so um, you're not really keeping your assets in your software wallet or on your phone or in your, your hardware wallet. They're actually being stored on a ledger, which is um, distributed, as, as I mentioned. Um, where, where the difference between those two wallets, two types of wallets are is that with a hardware wallet, you have a second form of uh, verification before you send a transaction. Um, so, for example, if you were sending me um, some Ethereum from your mobile phone on a software wallet, you might just have to paste in my wallet address uh, and hit send and perhaps enter your PIN number. Um, if you were using a hardware wallet, you would do the same thing, except you would have to use the device to physically confirm uh, the transaction on the device. So it's an extra layer of security. Software wallets are very secure. Um, they use high levels of encryption. Um, I think the key security advantage um, between the two would be that um, hardware wallets overcome the issue of screen overlays, um, for example, on a, on a computer. Um, and yeah, so that would be the main security advantage. Uh, I think there's not a huge difference in terms of the interface, uh, in terms of how your uh, portfolio is displayed. They're very similar across software and hardware wallets. And increasingly these days, hardware wallets actually integrate uh, with, with a software wallet um, uh, application. So you can actually integrate the two. So a hardware wallet is just an extra layer of, of security. Mm-hmm. Okay. And besides pure digital assets like Bitcoin, how do you um, think other tokens like Ethereum and Solana, et cetera, do they really have a practical role and value in blockchain applications? Uh, absolutely. Um, the cryptocurrency market has exploded. Obviously, the first were, was Bitcoin, but there's there's literally thousands now. Um, I would only seriously look at the top sort of one or 200 by market cap. Um, there's a whole host of different technologies that have been developed um, under the, the blockchain or distributed ledger technology. Uh, how, uh, there's a couple of different ways you could view uh the range of cryptocurrencies available. Um, in New Zealand, the primary motivation, at least at the moment, for um, using cryptocurrencies is still for investment purposes. Um, but certainly in some developing countries overseas where they um, have uh, hyperinflation and things like that, cryptocurrencies are actually used as a day-to-day currency. So in the New Zealand context, um, from the investment perspective, um, I think you, uh, the most um, the most opportunities would be with, uh, for example, smart chain, uh, smart contract 
platforms like Ethereum you mentioned, um, Solana, mm-hmm. uh, soon to be Cardano, a few, a few platforms like that. And the reason I say that is when there's a gold rush, uh, it's the people that sell the spades that make the money, um, <laughs> you know, in the, in the long term. Yeah. And what these platforms provide is uh, you can almost regard them as cloud computing in some respects, and it allows uh, people to build other tokens on those blockchains. Um, the, the poster child would obviously be Ethereum. There are literally thousands of cryptocurrencies with tokens uh, and smart contracts that have been built on the Ethereum platform. The Ethereum platform has almost single-handedly facilitated um, the explosion in decentralized finance. Um, of course, there are many other players um, in, in the space now. Uh, so those, those platforms are hugely significant from both a, an investment perspective, but also from a technology perspective and facilitating a whole uh, host of different use cases. Um, so I, I would, def- if you're interested in the cryptocurrency market, I think smart contract platforms um, or blockchains are, are a good place to start. So Ross, um, what are the other crypto trading platforms here in New Zealand that we should be looking out for or we should be tracking? We're very fortunate in New Zealand. Uh, there's quite a number of established uh, cryptocurrency um, exchanges um, of various different types. Uh, w- one of the other majors would be Easy Crypto, which is another um, Kiwi born and bred sort of business um, owned and managed locally. Uh, they have a similar business model to us, um, but they have uh, a slightly different focus. There are also a number of custodial exchanges, um, including uh, Dasset and KiwiCoin, and uh, there's a new Australian operator, I believe it's called Swifty, that is recently uh, now offering services in, in New Zealand as well. So okay. New Zealand consumers are really spoiled for choice uh, locally, and obviously you have the added security of, of, of uh, staying within the New Zealand um, uh, jurisdiction and banking system. And lastly, but by no means least, um, how about sharing some of your insight as to sort of what else is happening here in New Zealand? Are there any new tech companies that we should be watching out for or new applications and opportunities yet to emerge? And where do you think we're going to be sort of by 2050? That's an excellent question. Uh, it's difficult to pinpoint um, specific New Zealand um, operations because so many of these projects are uh, multinational um, projects or they have teams that uh, involve people from all over the world. Um, I would say the the most significant project in New Zealand though, or the most significant company would probably be Centrality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Centrality raised, uh, managed to raise a, a huge amount um, of investment back in 2017. And they've been um, developing a whole range of uh, projects under the Centrality umbrella, um, such as digital identity verification, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are also a range of other um, technologies being developed locally. Um, uh, One example, I guess, would be uh, with supply chain management is another huge one. Um, There's one one company uh, that uses, that's using uh, recycled textiles um, to produce clothing and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, I believe, um, are using a... uh, uh, a, a blockchain to help um, manage those increasingly uh, stressed supply chains. Uh, we're also seeing more of that in, in, with shipping and things as well. 
Thank you, Ross. It's been an absolute delight and pleasure speaking with you. Um, and with that, I think we are done. And all the best. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone.